The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, June 7th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Boris Johnson survives as UK Prime Minister, but the question is, for how long? Russia bans dozens, including Janet Yellen and BlackRock CEO Larry Fink. Key primaries today in seven states, including California and New Jersey. And looks like buyer's remorse won't get Elon Musk out of his Twitter acquisition. New York Mayor Eric Adams reacts to new gun laws across the state. Plus, the U.S. warns North Korea of a strong punishment that conducts a nuclear test. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashower Sports. The Mets won in San Diego. Colorado has reached the Stanley Cup final. The Rangers play game four at Tampa Bay tonight. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning. I'm Karen Moscow. I'm Nathan Hager. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by Informatica. In the cloud, your data has the power to do the extraordinary. Manage data across any location in the cloud for accurate and actionable insights. More at Informatica.com. And U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning. 601 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are down 18 points. Now futures down 138, and NASDAQ futures down 68. The 10-year Treasury up 630 seconds, yield 3.01%, and the yield on the two-year, 2.71%. Nathan. All right, thanks, Karen. We'll have more on the markets in just a minute. First, we want to bring you the latest on the future of Boris Johnson. The U.K. Prime Minister has managed to cling to power. Let's go to London and get the very latest with Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. A win for Boris Johnson. In a vote among lawmakers in his own Conservative Party, the UK Prime Minister has secured the numbers to remain as leader. But more than 40% of his colleagues indicated they had no confidence in his leadership. That was a worse result than that suffered by his predecessor, Theresa May. Under official party rules, he cannot now be challenged again for another 12 months. But rules can be changed and many expect leadership questions to continue. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ewan, thank you. Now the latest on the war. Russia has banned dozens of U.S. officials from entering the country. We get details from Bloomberg's Amy Morris in our 99.1 newsroom in Washington. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and BlackRock's Larry Fink are among the 61 U.S. officials and executives indefinitely banned by Russia, retaliation for what it called constantly expanding sanctions against its citizens. This as Ukraine is in talks with the United Nations to craft a deal between Turkey and Moscow to restart shipments of of grain from ports blocked by Russia. Meanwhile, shortly after the UK joined the US in pledging to send longer range missiles to Ukraine, Russia's President Putin threatened to strike new targets if those weapons are delivered. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. Turning to U.S. politics, this is a primary election Super Tuesday. Seven states, led by California and New Jersey, are heading to the polls for the busiest day of voting before the general election in November. Claremont McKenna College political scientist Jack Pitney has more on a major theme playing out in California. Crime and homelessness. If you talk to anybody who's recently visited 
Los Angeles, they'll be shocked at the homeless encampments all over the city. Uh, it's a huge humanitarian problem and one that the city government has not been able to manage very effectively. Claremont McKenna's Jack Pitney says it's affecting the Democratic race for Los Angeles mayor, pitting Congresswoman Karen Bass against tough-on-crime billionaire Rick Caruso. It is also fueling the race for attorney general in California. Two Republicans and a Republican-turned-independent are running to unseat Democratic incumbent Rob Bonta. As for congressional races, Republican David Valadeo is facing a tough primary challenge. Valadeo was one of the ten House Republicans who voted to impeach former President Donald Trump last year. Well, in New Jersey, Nathan, Republican contenders are hoping to crack the state's blue wall in today's primary. And Bloomberg's Michael Barr has the latest. Today's primary has a field of 35 GOP candidates, many aligned with former President Trump. However, the governor's seat and the legislature are controlled by Democrats, and the party holds 10 of the 12 congressional seats. One race to keep an eye on is New Jersey's 3rd District. Gym owner Ian Smith, who refused an order to close his business during the pandemic, is among three Republicans running against Democrat Andy Kim. The 3rd District is a politically divided area that voted for Trump by a narrow margin in the 2020 election. In New York, Michael Barr, Bloomberg Daybreak. Michael, thank you. In corporate news, deal or no deal? Looks like Elon Musk's buyer's remorse won't get him out of his acquisition of Twitter. Let's get more on that live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Elon Musk is reviving his argument that Twitter has a serious bot problem, and he's threatening to walk away from the deal if the social media giant does not do more to prove that its users are real people. But Bloomberg sources say behind the scenes, the deal is proceeding. Twitter thinks it's in the best interest of all shareholders and wants to close the transaction. And it's possible that Twitter could try to sue Musk to complete the deal if he tries to walk away. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. Well, Apple out with new software and services at its Worldwide Developers Conference. Fresh features include an updated iPhone lock screen, multitasking for the iPad, and a pay later service that bring Apple's into the finance industry. We discussed the move with Creative Strategies President Carolina Milanesi from the event in California. I think the core of it is that it's going to be so much easier for people that use Apple Pay to just use that as a default versus using the plethora of other options that you have in the market. It's about integration. It's about taking away every little bit of friction that you have in the experience. Creative Strategies President Carolina Milanesi expects Apple's new pay later features to be helpful for both small businesses and consumers. Turning to the economy, Karen, J.P. Morgan Chase Chief Economist Bruce Kasman says there is little chance a recession is imminent. I think what we're going to see is growth uh, continue to be on the softer side, but growth continue to show resilience. Uh, we don't see a near-term recession. Uh, we see a global economy which actually does okay in the second half of the year with the U.S. slowing and the rest of the world doing somewhat better. J.P. Morgan Chase Chief Economist Bruce Kasman's comments differ from those of his boss, Jamie Dimon. Last week, Dimon said investors should be ready for an economic hurricane as tighter monetary policy, inflation, and Russia's invasion of Ukraine pose ongoing risks. And Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by BNY Mellon Pershing's Inside Conference back in person June 15th through the 17th at the Gaylord Resort in Grapevine, Texas. Don't miss it. Register now at inside.bnymellon.com. Futures are moving lower this morning. S&P futures down about 19 points. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. 
Thanks, Karen. It's 6.07 on Wall Street. We're at 63 degrees in Central Park. It's still dealing with an accident on southbound Harlem River Drive at the George Washington Bridge. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr is back with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. New York Governor Kathy Hochul signed new gun reform legislation into law three weeks after 10 people were killed in a mass shooting at a Buffalo supermarket by a self-proclaimed white supremacist. The bills will include banning anyone under the age of 21 from buying or possessing a semi-automatic rifle, as well as expanding current red flag laws. It just keeps happening. Shots ring out, flags come down, and nothing ever changes except here in New York. During the signing in Buffalo, Governor Hochul says New York legislators made the decision to be leaders when it comes to gun reform rather than followers waiting on Washington. New York Mayor Eric Adams praised the new gun laws in the state. Adams says, though, that more needs to be done to properly prosecute the criminals who commit the crimes because, he says, criminals know they won't face proper consequences. No one takes criminal justice seriously anymore. These bad guys no longer take them seriously. They believe our criminal justice system is a laughing stock. Mayor Adams also says they've taken 3,000 guns off the streets. A bipartisan group of lawmakers in Congress is trying to find common ground to pass new gun control legislation. Democratic negotiators say a deal could be completed this week. Democratic Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut. Parents are scared. Kids are scared that they need progress. They need us to show that we care about what uh, kids are going through, um, and I'm hopeful that we'll get a deal. Senator Murphy says the proposals include enhanced background checks. The former top leader of the far-right Proud Boys extremist group and other members have been charged with seditious conspiracy for what federal prosecutors say was a coordinated attack on the U.S. Capitol. The U.S. warned North Korea of a strong punishment if it conducts a nuclear test The United Nations watchdog agency says signs indicate Pyongyang could soon set off its first atomic device since 2017. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. 609 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. All right, Nathan, the Mets have the best record in the National League. They just split a four-game series with the Dodgers, who have the NL second-best mark. And the Mets are now in San Diego. And the Padres are the owners of the third-best record. The Mets took the series opener 11-5, three runs in the first inning, four in the ninth. Eduardo Escobar, a big night, four hits, including a home run. He drove in six. Carlos Carrasco struck out ten, improved to seven and one. Yankees go for their major league leading 40th win tonight at Minnesota. They'll face a couple of ex-Yanks, Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela. Rangers now up two games to one. Game four at Tampa Bay tonight. We know who the winner of that series will play for the Stanley Cup. Held back from the car, lets it go, tipped on, rebound, score! It's Arturi Lekkanen! And you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here because this party is over. AKSE in Denver had the call. The Avs 6-5 overtime win at Edmonton that capped a four-game sweep. It's the first time Colorado has reached the Stanley Cup final since winning the Cup in 2001. The Bruins fired their coach, Bruce Cassidy. He got them to the playoffs six straight years. 
Phil Mickelson has not been playing golf, says he needed time off, and Mickelson made official he is going to play the new Saudi-backed Live Tour that starts next month in London. Mickelson said he's hopeful he can still also play PGA Tour events. He told Sports Illustrated his gambling has been reckless and embarrassing, that he's been in therapy. It was reported he once had $40 million in gambling losses. Greg Norman runs that Live Tour, says Tiger Woods was offered a nine-figure amount to play, but he said no. John Stash, our Bloomberg Sports. Thank you. Okay, John, thank you. Right now, S&P futures are down 18 points. Dow futures down 138. NASDAQ futures down 72 points. Equity futures adding to their declines this morning. We'll get insights on this market coming up next with Liz Ann Saunders, Chief Investment Strategist at Charles Schwab. Stay with us for that. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by Hofstra University's Frank G. Zarb School of Business. Top-ranked online MBA program with a real-world foundation. Learn more at hofstra.edu slash go grad. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. European stocks are dropping along with U.S. stock index futures as central banks set on tightening policy fan growth fears. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are down 23 points. Dow futures down 174. And NASDAQ futures are down 84. The DAX in Germany is down about 1%. Ten-year Treasury up 630 seconds, yield 3.01%. The yield on the two-year, 2.71%. NYMEX crude oil is down two tenths percent, or 23 cents, at $118.27 a barrel. COMEX gold is up three tenths percent, or $5, at $18.48.70 an ounce. The euro, 1.0679 against the dollar. British pound, 1.2514. And the yen's at 132.69. And looking at Bitcoin this morning, down almost 6% at $29,570. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. South Korea and U.S. militaries flew 20 fighter jets over waters off South Korea's western coast today. In a show of force, as a senior U.S. official warned of a forceful response if North Korea goes ahead with its first nuclear test explosion since 2017. Age limits and red flag laws are being discussed in Washington as a bipartisan group of senators looks for ways to curb the outbreak of gun violence in the nation, strengthening background checks also on the table. In the NHL playoffs, the Avalanche beat the Oilers to advance to the Stanley Cup final. Colorado will either face the Rangers or the Lightning, who play game four tonight. In baseball, the Mets and Red Sox won. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Michael, thanks. It is 619 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And we're very pleased to be joined this morning by Liz Ann Saunders, Chief Investment Strategist at Charles Schwab, as we look to make sense of this market. Liz, good morning. We uh, started this week with some modest gains, but now uh, we're looking to give those back and then some. It seems like the debate over whether central banks can pull off tighter policy without triggering a recession is back in play. What's your view on where things stand now? Well, I I think it was in play all along. We we had a we had a pretty brutal 7-week span of time and to see a bit of a counter trend or relief rally 
is to be expected. You had gotten to very oversold conditions. Sentiment had gotten washed out, at least attitudinal measures of sentiment. And I think that that established uh, a base for the kind of rally that we saw. I don't think it was driven by some assumption that either the Fed would be able to take their foot off the brake or we were in a Goldilocks economic scenario. That's just the nature of rallies in bear markets. But we're still now facing a trillion dollars over the next year of uh, of runoff on the balance sheet. And I think the digestion of, of the absence of that liquidity is, is sort of, you know, back in front of mind. What do you think the impact is going to be as that uh, removal of the punch bowl, I guess you could say, uh, starts to play out here? How is that going to affect investors going forward? I think this uh, change in the liquidity environment is not a purely a perspective thing. It is as it relates to the balance sheet. But if you look at broad measures of money growth, even though still positive in year-over-year terms, well down relative to where we were certainly in, in 2020. And I think that that's been really the story of the at least phase one of the bear market, I think, was the market reflecting this change in the liquidity environment, rising interest rates, 40-year high in inflation, all the things we, we live, eat, and breathe every day. And I think phase two was a hit to the economy, which was certainly reflected in, in Q1 with a negative GDP print. And I think the next phase may be the market digesting what is likely to be a deteriorating profit outlook. And that really might be the first time really since the pandemic uh, erupted that uh, at, at least when we were coming out, you had that huge surge in earnings off the off the lockdown lows, I think we may now for the first time this quarter be facing estimates and a bar that is set a little bit too high. So I think that next phase is yet to come. But this changed liquidity environment really uh, started uh, last year when we uh, saw that significant shift in in money supply in courtesy of both the, the fiscal side and now the monetary side. Are you starting to see evidence at this point that uh, corporate earnings expectations are beginning to deteriorate now? Yeah. So if you if you go back the last six quarters or so, we, we had a pretty consistent trend of estimates when they were first uh, printed being on the lower side and then getting raised. So if you look at the three month span of time, the final three months of estimates for each quarter, for the most part, those had moved higher. But for the first quarter or for the second quarter, that has actually been coming down. And longer term estimates out two to three years have rolled over uh, as well. And I think this uh, coming quarter that we're reporting, second quarter, of course, that won't start until July, may be the first uh, real signal of uh, a change in the profit margins landscape. They, they've been surprisingly resilient, albeit down from the peak of last year, but you're really stacking up the companies that are talking about that margin uh, pressure because of input costs, obviously inclusive of labor, but also now weaker demand. We only have about a minute left here, Lizanne, but I want to get your take on this debate playing out between uh, J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon and his chief economist over at J.P. Morgan about whether an economic hurricane is coming. Uh, Bruce Kassman, the chief economist, says he doesn't see a recession imminent. What's your what's your view on it? So I think anytime you have a Fed shift to tightening mode, if you just go back in the history of modern day Fed last 13 rate hike cycles, you've had 10 recessions, three soft landings. So I think just history suggests the needle points a little more 
toward recession, especially when you have a Fed that's trying to combat a 40-year high in inflation, and as I mentioned, already weak growth in the first quarter. So I, I think a recession is probably more likely. Soft landing is possible, but I think the supply side of the economy has to do some of the work for the Fed. So continued loosening up on the labor market side, as well as supply shortages, I think that would be the path. But we're, we're in a storm. But whether hurricane is a little too bombastic, you know, time will tell. Thanks, as always, Lizanne. Great to get your thoughts this morning. Lizanne Saunders, Chief Investment Strategist at Charles Schwab. Right now, S&P futures are lower by 28 points, a drop of 7 tenths percent there. Dow futures down 195. NASDAQ futures leading the declines down 112 points for a drop of 9 tenths of 1%. The 10-year Treasury right now up 6.30 seconds for a yield of 3.01%. Yield on the two-year 2.71%, and NYMEX crude is lower by two-tenths percent, or 19 cents, $118.31 for a barrel of West Texas Intermediate. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, partly to mostly sunny upper 70s today. Showers and storms likely tomorrow with a high near 80. Those showers and storms will end during the morning Thursday. Currently, 63 degrees in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. It's time for the five things that you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Broker Simple IBKR Global Trader App. Deposit in your local currency and trade stocks in the U.S., Europe, and Asia. Start your free trial at IBKR.com slash Global Trader. Up first, the latest on the future of Boris Johnson. The U.K. Prime Minister has managed to cling to power, surviving a confidence Last night. I'm grateful to colleagues. I'm grateful for uh, the support they've given me. Boris Johnson's leadership was uncertain due to scandals and political challenges. The so-called pandemic party gate events in Downing Street angered citizens, along with a cost-of-living crisis and tax increase. After the result, Johnson said it was time to get back to helping people in the UK. We have a conclusion uh, to something that's been dragging on for far too long. And we have the ability now to unite, deliver and get on with the people's priorities. And that is what we're going to do. Boris Johnson received 211 votes in a confidence motion and 148 against him. All right, let's turn to the war in Ukraine now, Karen. Russia has banned dozens of U.S. officials from entering the country while Ukraine's looking for ways to restart grain exports from ports that have been blocked by Russia's military. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and BlackRock CEO Larry Fink are among those now banned from Russia. Well, back in the U.S., Nathan, we're watching primary races in New Jersey and California today. Crime is the focus in the Los Angeles mayoral race as well as San Francisco's district attorney recall election. And there are some tight house races in New Jersey. There are also primaries today in five other states. In corporate news, Karen, looks like Elon Musk's buyer's remorse isn't going to get him out of his deal to buy Twitter. Let's get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Elon Musk is reviving his argument that Twitter has a serious bot problem, and he's threatening to walk away from the deal if the social media giant does not do more to prove that its users are real people. But 
Bloomberg sources say behind the scenes, the deal is proceeding, and it's possible that Twitter could try to sue Musk to complete the deal if he tries to walk away. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Right, Renita, thank you. S&P futures down 22 points this morning. Dow futures down 152. NASDAQ futures down at 92. Ten-year Treasury up 630 seconds, yield 3.01%. The yield on a two-year, 2.71%. NYMEX crude oil is down three-tenths percent or 35 cents at $118.13 a barrel. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. It's 633 on Wall Street, 64 degrees in Central Park. Big problems on the Brooklyn-bound upper level of the Verrazano Bridge. Couple lanes taken out with an accident. We'll get you the details shortly. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. New York Governor Kathy Hochul signed new gun reform legislation into law three weeks after 10 people were killed in a mass shooting at a Buffalo supermarket by a self-proclaimed white supremacist, the bills will include banning anyone under the age of 21 from buying or possessing a semi-automatic rifle, as well as expanding current red flag laws to keep guns out of the hands of dangerous people. No 18-year-old can walk in on their birthday and walk out with an AR-15. Those days are over. Those days are over. You hear that? Those days are over. Governor Hochul, New York City Mayor Eric Adams, who praised the state's new gun law, says his city has seen a rash of gun violence, but that police have been working to find those responsible. But Adams says that more needs to be done to properly prosecute the criminals who commit the crimes. If we do the work to get it to the grand jury, to get that indictment, to make the arrest, then the other team must do their part. The courts have to prosecute. Mayor Adams says so far they've taken about 3,000 guns off the streets. Age limits and red flag laws being discussed in Washington as a bipartisan group of senators looks for ways to curb the outbreak of gun violence in the nation. Democratic Representative Chris Murphy of Connecticut. My goal is to reach an agreement by the end of the week. Um, We've got more Republicans and Democrats sitting together than ever before since Sandy Hook. What we're talking about is substantial. Um, It will save lives. Representative Murphy says strengthening background checks is also on the table. The U.S. warned North Korea of a strong punishment if it conducts a nuclear test. Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman said in Seoul in today's meeting with her South Korean counterpart. Any nuclear test would be in complete violation of U.N. Security Council resolutions. Uh, There would be a swift and forceful response. Uh, to such a test. Deputy Secretary of State Sherman, along with a U.N. watchdog group, says Pyongyang could soon set off its first atomic device since 2017. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Almost 6.36 on Wall Street. John Stashauer is back with the Bloomberg Sports Update. All right, Nathan. Mets third straight win out west after two in L.A. They won in San Diego 11-5 to as Eduardo Escobar had a two-run single, two-run triple, and a two-run homer. Carlos Carrasco, 10 strikeouts in seven innings. 
He's now 7-1, and one, and the Mets at 38-19 and 19 have won two-thirds of their games. The Yankees have won their last six, played tonight at Minnesota, a battle of AL division leaders. The Colorado Avalanche will play for the Stanley Cup. They have been dominant in the West. Twelve wins, only two losses. The Avs finished a sweep of Edmonton, winning a wild game four, 6-5 to five on a goal a minute 19 into overtime. The Avs scored four times in the third period. This will be their first cup final since they won the cup in 2001. They will play either the Rangers or the Lightning. Tampa Bay just won game three, cutting the Ranger lead to 2-1. And yesterday, Rangers coach Gerard Gallant is looking ahead to tonight's game four. You got to get ready for one game at a time, as I always say. And, uh, you know, tomorrow's a huge game for us. We got to compete and we got to battle. We got to play a little grittier than we did last game. But uh, there was a lot of good things. And, you know, keep playing our game, keep working hard. And, uh, like I said, it's 2-2 two, two, or it's 3-1, so we'll see where it goes. And the Rangers win on the road. In the playoffs, they're 8-1 and one at home, but they're just 2-6 and six away from the Garden. Super Bowl champion L.A. Rams have locked up their star on defense. A reworked deal with Aaron Donald where he's guaranteed $95 million over the next three years. That's the most for any non-quarterback. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thanks. 637 on Wall Street. Time now to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market on this risk-off Tuesday. We're joined by uh, Bloomberg Radio and TV markets correspondent Creedy Gupta. You know, Creedy, we've been talking a lot this morning about the uh, buyout drama between Elon Musk and Twitter. But that's not the only M&A story going on this morning. It's not the only M&A story. Who thought... Things could go uh, perhaps swimmingly outside of the M- in the M&A space outside <laughs> of Twitter. There are other companies out there uh, that could be bought. And, of course, that brings me to our first stock uh, mover this morning. That, of course, is Kohl's. KSS is your ticker. Uh, up 12%. The company holding exclusive talks with Franchise Group regarding a deal that would value the retail chain at, get this, $8 billion. They're going through an exclusivity period to discuss Franchise's group offer to buy Kohl's for $60 a share. Now, I'm glad that you mentioned the Twitter and Tesla deal, Nathan, yeah. because one of the big issues with that deal is when it comes to an investing story and the stock price story is the deal premium. That is so far away from the offer price of 5420 from Elon Musk and Twitter shares just haven't even hit that even when yeah, Elon even Musk close. was exactly even when Elon Musk was uh, further even closer was far more driven to buy this deal or to buy this company and to go through with the deal that deal premium has since widened and widened I think we're looking at a 38 handle on on Twitter shares it's interesting to look at Kohl's shares as well because KSS is at 47.20, at least in the pre-market here, and that's after a 12% gain. So it'll be interesting to see whether these shares, and remember, this is a very normal thing for people to do in an M&A deal, find that risk arbitrage and get it closer and closer and closer to that offer price. So keep an eye on where the shares are, not just how much they're moving, because the closer you see those shares get to $60 a share, the more believability there is in the market that this deal is actually going to go through. Yeah, another really interesting stock on your list, Creedy. Uh, analysts are uh, giving Peloton another look. It's all about management. You know, one of the big mm. pieces of career advice I got, Nathan, was make sure you have a very good manager. I'm very lucky to have a very good manager. But I think it's the As thing. are we all. <laughs> kissing they up kissing up listening. to the management, are we? <laughs> First thing in the morning. Uh, but it's the same dynamic when it goes to Peloton shares here. P-T-O-N is your ticker. It's up about six-tenths of a percent. This comes after the former vice president of Amazon Web Services, Liz, and I'm going to butcher this name, but Cotting Tanis, I want to say, is, quote, well-positioned to help Peloton in its 
next stage of growing subscribers, at least that's according to City. This is after the exercise machine maker appointed her the Coddington, uh, appointed Coddington, the CFO of Peloton. So they're saying, you know, we believe in her. We think that she can help. And of course, we know Peloton could use the help given uh, the decline in sales. Yeah, certainly. Bloomberg Radio and TV markets correspondent Kriti Gupta taking a look at some of the movers in the pre-market and taking a look at stocks as a whole ahead of this Tuesday morning open. They're moving lower with S&P futures now down 19 points, South futures down 138, NASDAQ futures down 83 points, and the 10-year Treasury right now up 6.30 seconds for a yield of 3.01%, yield on the two-year 2.71%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunshine upper 70s today, showers and storms tomorrow with a high near 80 degrees. Those storms will end during Thursday morning. It'll stay near 80, though. Currently 64 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update brought to you by Informatica. And the cloud, your data has the power to do the extraordinary. Manage data across any location in the cloud for accurate and actionable insights. More at Informatica.com. European stocks are falling this morning along with U.S. stock index futures as central banks set on tightening policy fan growth fears. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures are down 20 points. Dow futures down 145 and NASDAQ futures down 88. The DAX in Germany is down nine-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 5.30 seconds, yield 3.01%. The yield on the two-year, 2.71%. NYMEX crude oil is little change now, down, well, down a tenth of a percent, down 10 cents at $118.39 a barrel. COMEX gold up half percent or $9 at $18.52.70 an ounce. The euro, 1.0680 against the dollar. British pound, 1.2514. And the yen, 132.71. And we're watching Bitcoin down 5.8% at $29,600. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. A bipartisan group of senators says new nationwide gun legislation could come by the end of the week. It would likely center around a proposal that includes enhanced background checks. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson survived a no-confidence vote, securing enough support from his conservative party to remain in office. Johnson faced revelations that he held parties that flouted the COVID-19 restrictions. In the NHL playoffs, the Avalanche beat the Oilers to advance to the Stanley Cup final. Colorado will face the Rangers or the Lightning, who play game four tonight. In baseball, the Mets and Red Sox won. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. Right, Michael, thank you. Well, it is 649 on Wall Street. We turn to news in science and technology now with a Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, ranked a top 50 national public university by U.S. News and World Report and number 14 in the nation on money's best colleges list. Learn more at njit.edu. And now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. The Treasury Department says $583 million in funding will flow to broadband projects 
projects to connect more than 200,000 homes and businesses in Virginia, West Virginia, Louisiana, and New Hampshire. The funds are from the $10 billion portion of the American Rescue Plan. Another $65 billion comes from the bipartisan infrastructure law. Hong Kong will not tighten coronavirus restrictions before the city's July 1st handover anniversary. That's according to Chief Executive Carrie Lam. There's been speculation that China's President Xi Jinping might attend the celebrations. Hong Kong's COVID cases have been rising since the city began rolling back social distancing curbs. And autonomous driving technologies are becoming more common in China as self-driving developers look to deploy a range of systems in their vehicles. Bloomberg NEF expects the share of sales of passenger vehicles at Level 2 Automation in China to jump from 35% in 2020 to 90% in 2030. Level 2 cars are partially autonomous, but the driver still controls the vehicle. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. All right, Karen, thank you. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. We're at 650 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include California and New Jersey leading a busy primary election day from coast to coast. Republican John Cornyn drawing a line on a gun compromise coming out of Senate negotiations. And the January 6th committee in the House facing a high bar as hearings get set for prime time. Let's bring back Bloomberg government reporter Jack Fitzpatrick for a look at more on all these stories. Jack, it is a very busy primary day. Seven states heading to the polls. Uh, what races should we be keeping an eye on? Oh, there are a ton of interesting ones. I, I think one of the ones I'm most interested in uh, in California is probably David Valadeo, uh, one of only six Republicans in the House to vote to impeach Trump. Uh, he does face a couple different Republican challengers in his primary. Uh, but interestingly enough, there hasn't been a, a really vocal push from uh, the former president to take on Valadeo. This is a district that really leans toward Democrats, but this moderate Republican has managed to win there. Uh, so to see if he can thread the needle and manage to win the primary and then also uh, win in the general in, in a tough environment, obviously a better environment for Republicans this year, uh, that's that's one of the, certainly one of the uh, the compelling ones coming up today. And uh, speaking of Republican challenges, we've got a lot of Republicans running in races in New Jersey following uh, election last year where Democrats kind of barely squeaked by. Yeah, there are a couple different districts uh, where Democrats in New Jersey have won in, in tough districts. Uh, Tom Malinowski and Josh Gottheimer are uh, people to keep an eye on. They've uh, Gottheimer uh, has two different Republicans seeking to uh, challenge him, so we'll see who wins. It may be a rematch against the person he beat last time. It could be a newcomer, the Marine Corps veteran. Uh, Malinowski is going to get a rematch. Andy Kim, a- another fairly moderate district uh, in South Jersey uh, that was won by a Democrat. Uh, but again, 2022 is looking much better for Republicans than 2020 was, uh, or 2018, of course. So there there are a number of moderate Democrats uh, in in districts that are at least partly new after redistricting that could have a, a real challenge as we get toward the general election. What's the flavor of uh, some of these Republican primaries that you're watching? Are you seeing the uh, quote unquote establishment Republicans uh, doing well in some of these races or or are uh, some of the more uh, populist wing of the GOP doing well? 
Uh, I think we're at the point where the Trump-aligned portion of the Republican Party really is the establishment now. Uh, there are some interesting clashes. You know, if I if I look to, for example, Young Kim, the Republican looking for a second uh, term in California, uh, in a, a basically a swing district, probably leaning toward Democrats in most years, she's got a challenger running to her right uh, that Democrats hope wins because it would make it easier for the Democrat to unseat that currently Republican-held uh, field. So there are, there are some uh, Republican battles between moderates and, and more conservative members, uh, but for the most part you don't see a massive number of Republicans who are what you'd call anti-Trump. That's why Valadeo is one of the, the really interesting people to watch because he's one of the few who actually voted to impeach him uh, and is in office and still running. All right, so we'll be keeping an eye on primary day throughout the day. Let's move on to the uh, gun negotiations still ongoing in the Senate. The lead Republican negotiator looks like he's drawing a line here, Jack. Well, yeah, John Cornyn uh, from Texas has kind of been deputized to be the, the lead Republican negotiator on this. He's drawn a couple different lines. He's talked quite a bit about how he wants this to focus on people with a criminal history or mental health issues that could justify uh, taking guns away, uh, focus on background checks. Uh, there does not seem to be the appetite to, uh, for example, raise the age of purchases to 21, even on semi-automatic weapons, uh, which has a, there's a bill that the House Democrats are planning to take up that would do that. doesn't seem to have much of a chance in the Senate because of that. Uh, Cornyn has also said that good legislating takes some time, so there's a bit of push back to the idea of getting a deal this week. Uh, so both process in terms of the timing and the scope of the bill, Republicans are uh, pushing for some limits. It would be a small bill, and it does not sound like a deal is imminent right now. And finally, Jack, the uh, House January 6th committee is getting ready for those primetime public hearings. Uh, I guess the question now is how much of a spotlight will these hearings have, given how fractured the electorate is right now. Yeah, it's it's interesting that this uh, hearing, the the public hearing, is going to be Thursday at eight o'clock. They really are going for prime time, uh, and, and there is some concern among Democrats that the, the there's a possibility that they lay out their evidence and show how significant uh, this this was on January sixth, and and show any level of organization that may have occurred. But but maybe the public is just not uh, totally focused on that. There's so many other issues. Uh, uh, inflation is dominating people's concerns, uh, a variety of crises. You've got Ukraine and Russia in the news, the baby formula shortage. Congress has been very busy doing a lot of different things, and it's hard to say uh, necessarily that a look back to January 6th uh, would capture everybody's attention, uh, even if, if there's very compelling uh, issues brought forth. All right. Bloomberg government reporter Jack Fitzpatrick with us from our Bloomberg 99.1 studios in Washington, D.C. You can read much more about all these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg terminal. And as a reminder, you can follow all the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington by tuning into Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Focus for markets this morning is on inflation risk and the risk of central bank tightening. 
potentially uh, triggering a growth slowdown, if not a recession. We've got S&P futures right now uh, moving lower by 19 points. Dow futures down 139. NASDAQ futures are lower this morning by uh, 80 points. That's a drop of six-tenths percent. Deeper losses overseas. The DAX in Germany is down nine-tenths percent. The CAC in Paris down by three-quarters of one percent. Ten-year Treasury is up for 30 seconds for a yield of 3.02 percent. Yield on the two-year, 2.72 percent. NYMEX crude is little changed down a penny, $118.49 for a barrel of West Texas Intermediate. COMEX Gold is higher by uh, six-tenths percent, $10.10 cent gain at eighteen fifty-three eighty an ounce. Bloomberg Surveillance is next with Tom Keen, Jonathan Farrow, and Lisa Abramowitz. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.